going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. We had to change things up a little bit after a lot of Olympics talk lately. So on this edition of the Calgary Today podcast, we have some fun with the idea of getting a dash cam for the crazy commute. Then we get into how Canadian parents are welcoming 18-month leaves and Monopoly for Millennials. Yep, you heard that one right. Now, I only wish I brought up the idea of Monopoly for Boomers. Anyways, enjoy the show. I found it really interesting to see the reaction to different posts that go viral all the time. Remember the one where the there was a driver down the QE2 who went right down the middle between two other vehicles, right down the dotted line, split the difference, managed to get himself a nice little stunting ticket, I think, out of the deal. Then there was the one where it was a motorcyclist on Memorial Drive, gets into a bit of a kerfluffle with... Uh, another motorist and punches were thrown and that kind of thing. That's all well and good. But beyond that, there's something to be said about maybe safeguarding yourself from future lawsuits and that kind of thing. I've always thought maybe I need a dash cam just based on the fact that I do so much driving. Well, interestingly enough, Lorraine Sommerfeld from uh, driving.ca Piped in on this conversation not too long ago, wrote an interesting piece that we will, I'll put up on Twitter at Calgary today if you want to follow it. Lorraine joins us now. Uh, Lorraine, thanks for joining us. How are you? Fantastic. And it's always funny to me is looking back on probably the last couple of, I'd say the last year or so, making my commute. It's about 35 minutes long. I'm bound to run across things that make me go, wow, I really should have had a dash cam for that, which made me kind of giggle when I saw your article at driving.ca about dash cams. And the question that you raised right off the hop uh, says, don't have a dash cam. You should definitely consider one. So I'm going to ask you the question, why should we consider one? Um, most of us didn't think about it a lot until the meteor hit Russia back in 13. And there was instantly all these fuzzy dash cam, um, all this footage of this meteor. And over here we went, oh, it must be fake. Nobody could have so many perspectives of this meteor crash that came out of nowhere. And they go, no, no, most Russian cars have dash cams. So the next question was, why do Russians have dash cams? And it's because of the fraud and the corruption and they're protecting themselves. The drivers are protecting themselves. So the dash cam thing falls into two categories, people that want to catch a meteor strike or bad drivers (laughs) and people that want to protect themselves. So it's really two, two prongs to this. And it really is interesting from a North American perspective is you'd think that we'd be you'd see a lot more of them in a sense, given that, you know, as I mentioned, I, I know here in Calgary and I'm sure where you are, same kind of thing. You, you run across a few drivers. So you're like, man, oh, man, that guy's going to cause a wreck. And wouldn't you think that you could kind of protect yourself in case of an accident or something happening right in front of you? Well, it's actually, there's a lot, there's probably a lot more people that have them than you know. And for me, it's like my kids age group, they're in their twenties. It's totally normal because they were born with a phone in their hand, which was really uncomfortable by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, So to them and the dash cams are really great quality and they're cheap. Like the technology is really good. We've been using it in the writing side of this on cars because you can plunk, you know, plunk them on the outside of a car to get footage. So 
the quality of them is excellent. And when have you ever said that about new tech in anything? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and manufacturers, Toyota starting to offer it as an option, but it's expensive. And the fact is, it's one of the few things that as an aftermarket is cheaper and better yeah. <laughs> than what's already available. And it's great to protect yourself. I was surprised. I talked to my insurance person that I talked to and I said, you know, do you guys care about this? She goes, oh, it's awesome because it's not the one driver versus the other. There's footage right. that says, yeah, he got cut off. So even usually if you rear end somebody, it's your fault, period. Mm-hmm. But if you can prove that they came out of nowhere and slammed their brakes, you've, you've got something to stand on. So it's really helpful for insurance. Yeah, I was going to ask about that side of things is do you get the sense that it's because the technology is so good and it's not necessarily, you know, the grainy stop and go pictures that sometimes you see with surveillance cameras, for example, because this can be so clear cut. It's got to make a lot of, you know, whether it's criminal court cases or traffic court cases, that kind of thing. It's got to make it a little bit easier for defense and prosecution to kind of sift out what the facts really are. Well, it's really good evidence. And it's part, you know, if there's an investigation going on, whether it's a car crash or something more dire, you're right. The quality is really, really good. And it becomes evidence. The flip side, if people are driving around looking for idiots, which there's no shortage of anywhere (laughs) in this country, don't go waltzing down to the cop shop and say, here's an idiot that was cutting everyone off. Go arrest them. They don't Mm -hmm. want to see you. They're not interested in you coming in there with your citizen's arrest thing on saying, you know, I found a bad driver. Well, surprise. (laughs) There's so many. But that person, if that person went on and caused a crash somewhere, you have evidence that would be useful to them. So, you know, it's good in that respect. And I noticed, too, is one of the things that's really started to pop up is the OMG, take a look at this kind of video on Facebook and and Twitter. And it's usually some driver. And it actually happened not too long ago here in Calgary where we had one where it was an altercation between a motorcyclist and a car. And they basically went on for about a mile and a half where they were oh, they were that. arguing yeah i mean like everybody's yeah. seeing it now and yeah. it get it kind of piques a lot of interest in hey i wonder what else is out there well i think and in keeping with that is remember the way you're driving and the way you're acting someone's probably filming it and i think that will become very useful because there's some people that i swear they think they're behind invisible glass or they're bulletproof or both mm. but there's a really good chance the same way you're photographed as you walk down the street anywhere Um, or underground parking, chances are really good you're being caught on camera by somebody. And you're out in public. Your license plate is public. If you think that they're not allowed to post it somewhere, oh, hell yeah, they can. So when something's on a site somewhere, you may look like an idiot. I would caution people posting that to make sure they have the right interpretation or fudge out the license plate. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't want to invite trouble for no reason. But, you know, rest assured, somebody is watching you and someone's filming it. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things, too, that I, I found intriguing around this whole debate, too, is is the privacy factor and, and whether it's, you know, the, the Ottawa hockey players getting caught uh, in the Uber or you have to assume that you're being taped at all times. And at the same time, you have to realize that what's posted may not necessarily paint the entire picture of what the context is before the altercations or whatever else was happening. And that's where there's a lot of high horses that people have to get down off of because privacy, that ship has sailed. Like, we know that. Mm. There's no privacy. Even in your own home, people that have that Alexa crap, are you out of your <laughs> mind, people? Like, nuts. But any, my kid works in cybersecurity. Like, uh, anyway, um, the other thing, though, is like those hockey players, great example. I saw that and I went, 
Oh, who hasn't done that? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, they look terrible, but who hasn't done it? If you think you have it, you're lying, and the only one you're kidding is yourself. So flip side, don't post things unless I try not to make fun of other people because mm-hmm. I write about my kids for a living, so I learned early. It's not, not nice. Yeah. So be careful what you're presenting. There's a lot of nuance that can be missed. There's a lot of context. To me, we got enough nasty people in this world. We keep electing them somehow. So just <laughs> don't don't add to the pile on like you don't need to. If someone's dangerous and it's actionable by the police or it's evidence, that's one thing. If you're just being kind of dicky and so are they, that cancels each other out. Don't mm-hmm. do it. <laughs> I'm curious, have, have you heard anything in the way of tips or anything when it comes to actually buying some of the the new technology has there been any products that have really uh broken the the mold i guess and and made the the case for getting these and and at a decent price i'm not a gadget head Uh, my kids are but gopro has perfected this industry they came out they've been doing it really a long time google's your friend Mm -hmm. there's going to be stuff available all over the place the price points have tumbled i mean a few years ago i had a new gopro it cost me like 210 bucks which is dirt cheap cheaper than phones so that's a name i know just because i'm familiar with it Mm -hmm. um but you can ask your tech friends anybody that is into ask a 22 year old (laughs) (laughs) i you know what that's probably not a bad uh bad option at the end of the day uh lorraine sommerfeld you you hit the nail on the head i thought with your latest uh, piece and driving dot Thank you so much for the time this afternoon. Thank you. See you later. Fascinating story on globalnews.ca. I'll post it on Twitter as well, at Calgary Today in just a second. It's been nearly a year since Canadians were given the option to take up to 18 months of parental leave instead of only 12 months. To dive more into the story that she's been working on, we welcome Global's Kim Smith to the program. Kim, thanks for the time. Hi, thanks for having me. You dove a lot into this as part of uh, mm-hmm. your usual uh, duties as, as a health reporter up in Edmonton. What do we find in terms of sort of the, the trends that are starting to develop when it comes to uh, Canadians and, and their use of parental leave? Mm-hmm. So this program began last December. I think it was December 3rd where... Uh, Canadians could officially start opting for 18 months. The numbers the government was able to give us was that from December until September of this year, so uh, roughly about nine months, there have been more than 22,000 claims for employment insurance for the 18-month option. So people are interested. They are taking advantage of this extended leave. Uh, Just to put that in perspective a bit, there's usually about 195,000 claims per year for parental leave. So 22,000, you know, fairly significant in the first nine months. Talk a little bit about some of the the responses that you got. I know you've talked to a few parents about this and Uh what it's kind of allowed them to do given that extra six months to, to be a parent. Yeah. So if you decide to take this 18 months, you really have to remember that basically you're getting the same amount of employment insurance over 12 months as you would over 18. So they're just spreading the money over 18 months. Um, You're getting about $328 a week. So you you really have to think, is this something that your family can afford? So as you're mentioning, I spoke to a mom who her and her husband took the first four months of parental leave together, which worked out amazing for them because they were at home with with a baby and a two-year-old, both of them together for four months. But the only way they were able to make it work is that her employer topped up her salary. Because she said, otherwise, if you have two people on employment insurance, 
like she said, they wouldn't have been able to to get by, to pay their bills and to pay expenses that go along with having a baby. So um, it, it worked out great for them. And, and then she's able to take another 10 months or so by herself. Is there much to be had in terms of numbers when it comes to moms versus dads? And I'm, uh, the reason yeah. I ask is I, I know a lot of dads who have started going, you know what, mom's really the, the breadwinner here. Let's get her to work sooner yeah. than me. Yeah, that, no, that would be very interesting. The latest numbers that the government has is are from uh, 20, 2016, 2017. Okay. And you can see a small increment of men taking parental leave. So there are more men who are doing this, but I can imagine this 18-month option, there, you know, maybe there's more opportunity or maybe, you know, dads are thinking, yeah, you, you know, why not? Why can't we share it? Or, you know, because a year and a half is a long time to be gone from a job. It, especially if it's a career that mm-hmm. you enjoy. So there's that to take into consideration as well. So, you know, maybe one of you takes a year, one of you takes six months sort of thing, or you take it together. You know, I was just thinking, you know, doing this story, how it'd be pretty great to even just, you know, go traveling or something, you know, if you're able to afford that. But if right. both of you are able to take, you know, a month off together and, you know, maybe towards the end, uh, you know, when your baby's a little older, uh, you know, I, I just think it's creating more opportunities for, for families. When it comes to the actual planning, uh, mm-hmm. I know you... You also spoke to some financial planners and that kind yeah. of thing about actually, you know, planning ahead and making sure that you don't just do this on a whim because you don't want to get caught with no money in the bank. No, I right? Because for the 18 months, you're getting, so the first 15 weeks of maternity leave, you get $547 a week, but then that quickly drops down to $328 a week. So yes, you need to plan for this. You can't just decide this is what you want to do. If, you know, if you are, you know, you have bills to pay and especially if you're um, part, maybe you don't have a partner or, or maybe your partner isn't working, you know, you, you need to save you know if you mm-hmm. want to be able to do this you need you need to have a plan and budget but i mean there are pros and cons for instance maybe if you're home um you're not paying daycare costs for another child maybe the other child's home with you as well so you know there are pros and cons but it's yeah you, you definitely need to um think hard about this before you decide to jump in yeah it's definitely uh, mm-hmm. it's money versus freedoms versus yeah. everything kind of yeah. thing yeah yeah but there's yeah there's definitely more scenarios that the families could uh, could think about with this 18 month option but i mean people are interested 22,000 claims so mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. Uh, what has the federal government said in terms of uh, have they are they monitoring the situation on a kind of a go forward basis or are they looking at st- changing things up a little bit based off of what the the response has been yeah not that i'm aware of um the uh the employment insurance amount went up slightly this year but i think that's just standard Mm -hmm. um every year so i don't think you know i'm sure they're looking at the numbers closely and deciding whether or not this is working but um yeah i mean this is now an option for for Mm -hmm. canadians so yeah, it's a, it's a good option, and, and judging from what I've heard from a, a lot of parents in in my circle, they're uh-huh. they're quite happy to uh, to have that option available to them and spend at least a little bit more time with uh, with their little ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When it comes to planning, though, I mean, you're going to want to think about this ahead. You know, you can't after a year decide, oh, I'm going to stay home for another six months. Um, this is something you need to to plan ahead for. Mm-hmm. But you're right; there's definitely more opportunities for parents now. Global's Kim Smith, thank you so much for the time today. Thank you very much.
Let's have a little bit of fun here as we get closer and closer to the end of the show here on Calgary today. Monopoly for millennials. This is actually a thing. I had no idea. And maybe it's, I just haven't looked at board games in a while, but you knew at some point that somebody would try to have a little bit of fun, poke some fun at the millennials, that kind of thing. I'll get some of your texts in a second, but it's a twist on that classic board game with forget real estate. You can't afford it anyway, as the tagline on the box. Uh, Randy Wong is co-owner of the Hexagon Board Game, uh, board game Cafe. Uh, Randy, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi. When you saw this uh, game come out, I'm curious, did you have to kind of do a double take as well? You know, I only saw it on the internet like yesterday, but I thought it was just a joke until uh, you guys contacted me today and like, oh, it's a real thing. <laughs> Do you get the sense at all that people will actually go out and, and just to check it out? Um, you know, I, I feel like people would maybe pick it up as a gag gift, but <laughs> I, I don't even know if it's... Well, you know, Monopoly isn't even uh, that great of a game compared to stuff now. <laughs> I'm curious, uh, with your cafe, what are some of the hot items out there? What are some of the games that people are really looking to play nowadays? Well, um, you know, there's like 600 brand new board games every year, but uh, really? popular series is Pandemic, where okay. uh, people work as a team to try and save the world from disease. Uh, there's, there's other stuff that are like economic games as well that people uh, love to play. Is that something that is sort of changing in a sense is, you know, you, maybe you don't have the, the classics of the day, you know, whether it be Monopoly or whether it be Yahtzee, that kind of thing. But because just like anything else, the games are, are uh, progressing and, and changing in such a way that they're becoming more engaging. Oh, definitely. Like um, gone are the days where you roll the dice and you move. Now, a lot of people have to, you know, make critical decisions on what they want to do next. Is it a lot like risk that way? Um, I would say risk is pretty dated as well. Really? Yeah. I'm not even that old, Randy. Come on, you're making me feel like I'm a dinosaur here. It's, it's kind of embarrassing to tell you the truth. Well, I'm not saying that uh, area control games like risk don't get played. Right. Um, but I am saying that there's a lot more involved in the newer games that incorporate it. What kinds of, uh, give us maybe a, some, some ideas as to some of the other games out there that are maybe the, the, the most popular, I guess, when it comes to sitting down and, and having a game at your cafe. Well, um, uh, one that sells like a lot is Splendor. That's just a resource management game where you're just a gem merchant from the Renaissance and you're just collecting gems and trying to uh, buy victory points. Huh. Uh, there's also stuff like, uh, this one's pretty old, but still gets played a lot, uh, Settlers of Catan. You're trying to build a uh, kind of like a settlement right. on the island of Catan, but you have to, you know, wheel and deal with your resources with other players, and you guys are trying to uh, outgrow the other p- opponent. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just fascinating to me at how things. I always, when you go to the store, you think that things haven't changed all that much, but apparently they have in just a short time that I've been alive. So, uh, Randy Wong at the Hexagon Board Game Cafe, uh, thank you so much for the time. Thanks. So, there you go. Some of the. Sorry about that. Tricky. F-
trigger finger again. My mistake. I just wanted to get to a couple of quick uh, texts before we uh, go up to traffic here. Uh, I did say, give me some of your best lines here. Things you can play in your parents' basement millennial edition. Monopoly for millennials. Do not pass go. Turtle in your safe uh, safe place and feel entitled for $200. Every property is mom and dad's basement. And if you pass go, you collect welfare. That one from Brad and Monopoly for millennials. It's all about me. I think we can all have fun at each other's expense. I'm just having fun here. This isn't serious. We're having some fun here, kids. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. Thank you so much for downloading today's podcast. Do me a huge favor and leave a rating and a comment. And you can always hit me up on Twitter as well. Just follow me at Calgary Today.